Hello, it's David here. Subscribing to The Leader is really easy and it'll make sure you get every episode when it's released so you never miss out on our news, analysis and commentary. Just hit the button on your podcast provider and the show will be sent to you automatically, ready to listen to whenever you are. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Should Donald Trump have had his mic cut during that presidential debate? I think changes have to be made. I think there's a real possibility that Biden's team says the rules were violated repeatedly. There's no point in further debates. U.S. politics expert Christopher Phelps tells us what changes have to be made for the next one, if there is a next one. And one of the restaurateurs explained to me today in France, restaurants will be the last thing to be closed down. In Britain, it's the first thing to be closed down. And, you know, eating out is an absolutely fundamental part of the, of the French way of life. Jonathan Prynne, France is letting restaurants stay open later than pubs despite lockdown restrictions. Could that happen too? But what if the tubes aren't running? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, just how bad was that US presidential debate? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So, this happened... I want to make Mr. sure... Mr. President, can you let him finish, sir? No, he doesn't know how yeah. to do that. Did you use the word smart? Don't ever use the word smart with me. The, the new question Supreme is... Court just is the radical question, left... Will you who shut is up, your, man? Listen, who, no, go ahead, mister. Every, I'm listening to you. People, uh, wait a minute. You get the final word, mister. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Donald Trump and Joe Biden slugged it out in Cleveland, with moderator Fox News host Chris Wallace struggling to keep control. There were times when barely a word could be heard for all the shouting, insults and interruptions. On social media, the hashtag CutHisMic was attached to tweets complaining about the noise. There are two more to go. Can they get any better? Joining me is Professor Christopher Phelps from the Department of American Studies at Nottingham University. And Christopher, there have been a lot of complaints about the format of the debate. It's a classic one-on-one, barely changed much really since Kennedy-Nixon in 1960. Is that still effective in this era of politics? It might have been because they were meant to each have two minutes on some half dozen topics 
and then an exchange after the two minutes. But because of President Trump's tactics of constant interruption, constant talking over of his opponent, it just became a melee and the moderator wasn't able to hold the fort. But President Trump is known for breaking the rules. Shouldn't this have been something that people could have anticipated? Would it be correct to have an option to, as people have been saying on social media, cut his mic? Can you do that to a president? It would have resulted in criticism by his supporters of the censoring of Donald Trump or the, something like that. But he clearly was in violation of rules agreed by his team in advance of the debate. Uh, so it would have been an option, but perhaps Chris Wallace thought that in doing so would only create more controversy about the debate rather than letting Trump be responsible for his own comportment. Now, you're a veteran of this game, Christopher, and you've seen quite a few presidential debates. How does this one compare to some of those of the past? And this was off the charts because conventional politicians understand that part of what you're trying to do in a debate is look quote unquote presidential. That is to have the dignity, the gravitas, this projection of national unity uh, that would appeal to the whole of the American public in theory, even if in practice everyone knows that never works out. But you want to look like the nation's leader, somebody who can unite. And Donald Trump, of course, not a conventional politician, a businessman raised in Queens in the brawling world of New York real estate, and whatever you want to say about his character, it's all about him always, has no respect for rules and no interest in that. And he... Um, decided to throw that overboard. Biden tried to maintain that, but it was impossible in the situation to do so. You know, it was a constant barrage of attacks and uh, um, interruptions coming at him. Uh, he kept his cool. And uh, that there's something to be said for him doing that and having no gas. I, I think it's a clear Biden win just by surviving it. Christopher, in sports, they like to compare players from different eras. Could Babe Ruth handle it in the major leagues today? Are there any previous candidates who would have done better against Trump, who could have controlled him? Uh, this is a really interesting question. Uh, the problem is trying to imagine a kind of effective put down that would silence him or bring him to a stop. And since there's so little self-awareness and self-control in Donald Trump, it's very hard to imagine anyone being capable of doing it. Uh, but I did wish that Biden at the end had rallied himself and looked into the camera and said, we're better than this to the American people. You know, we, you deserved better tonight. And I'm sorry that I, in the face of all of this, couldn't deliver it myself, but I can try to do that for you in the coming four years. You know, something like that, where a recognition that this is aberrant behavior, that this is not what we need in a national leader. And he's, he sort of missed a moment at the end when he was flagging. So I do think Biden's age and the intensity of the situation maybe wore on him to the point where he wore down. Donald Trump, to his credit, I suppose, took on 
16 opponents in the 2016 race in the Republican primary and knocked them all out. And they were all fairly serious uh, Republican politicians. And then he took down Hillary Clinton, who was no slouch. I just think this time around, the, the bullying, the bravado, the braggadocio, and the rudeness, the sheer madness of the rudeness is going to hurt him. I really think in the next few days, when we see the polls come out, he will decline. Um, and I think the average voter out there is thinking about how's my life going? I'm worried about this virus. I'm worried about this economy. I'm upset that there's tension, racial tension. And furthermore, I'm worried about Trump and his behavior, his tweeting and his statements and his abuse of people as a model for kids. And I'm thinking about a suburban woman voter who might have otherwise voted Republican on tax grounds or something like that. But they're worried about Trump's behavior. Did last night persuade them? Did last night make them think, well, his behavior I can overlook? No, it reminded them of his behavior. It put his behaviour in their face. It might have been sealed last night, this election. There are another couple of debates to come up. Do you think the producers of those debates, the networks are going to show them, will be looking at what happened last night and go, we have to make changes, or is everything set now? I think changes have to be made. I think there's a real possibility that Biden's team says the rules were violated repeatedly. There's no point in further debates. And... A lot of the American people at this point would say, what a relief, who needs another debate? That was a spectacle. But another option would be for the next moderator to use the mic, as you suggested early on, to cut off mics during those opening statements so that only one person can speak during those two minutes and do it both to both parties, to be fair. But of course, the problem was really with the president, not with Biden last night. So yeah, I I can't imagine the next two debates proceeding in precisely the same way. The moderators will have learned from this, and there will be some sort of attempt to rein in the chaos. Whether it succeeds, (laughs) we don't know. We're dealing with the wild card here. Next. Restaurants can, can carry on serving through to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, however long their, their license is. Whereas in London, everyone is out the door by 10. Jonathan Prynne, Paris is giving restaurants more time during lockdown restrictions, but not pubs. Is that a good idea? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the pubs and restaurants of Paris were told to close at 10pm as part of lockdown restrictions, there was uproar and change. 
Pubs still have to close early, but restaurants get extra time. With the same argument happening in the UK, our editorial column thinks the government here should have a look at what's going on across the channel. We report today that Paris changed the rules this week so that restaurants can trade later as long as their customers are eating. It deemed restaurants to be less of a risk. In London, one study suggests that allowing our restaurants to stay open later could be worth nearly one billion in extra revenue. And Public Health England figures show infections coming from restaurants that comply with the guidelines are minimal. The 10pm curfew here followed Paris. However, that city had the sense to change it. The Evening Standards' Jonathan Prynne is with me. Jonathan, why is France letting restaurants open later, but not pubs? Well, the, the, the French authorities have taken the view that, that there's a difference between uh, a group of people sitting down, eating a meal in a restaurant at socially distanced tables, uh, and, and a group of people basically drinking uh, in a bar, not having a meal, not having anything to eat in a, in a much less uh, controllable environment. So they've taken the view that whereas bars must shut at 10 o'clock uh, and also they, they've stopped shops serving alcohol after 10 o'clock as well. Um, but uh, restaurants can keep going um, to their normal closing time. So it's much more civilised in a restaurant then, Jonathan? Well, you know, it's a, it's a very French view, isn't it? Um, one of the restaurateurs explained to me today in France, restaurants will be the last thing to be closed down. In Britain, it's the first thing to be closed down uh, or least restricted. Um, and, you know, eating out is an absolutely fundamental part of the, of the French uh, way of life. So for now, at least, restaurants can, can carry on serving through to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, however long their, their license is. Whereas in London, everyone is out the door by 10, which effectively means last orders at uh, half past eight and bills being presented at half past nine, which is proving really, really difficult to manage. Could something like that work here? Do people want it to work here? Well, the, the restaurant sector are desperate for it here because 10 o'clock closing is killing them. Uh, the main point being that they can't turn the tables, they can't get two sittings in. If you're offering a long tasting menu, that can mean that you're, almost your last sitting is at 7 o'clock or half past 7. I've even heard of one restaurant which is not accepting bookings any later than 6.30 for a 10-course tasting menu. And OK, that's not for everyone. But, you know, these are important uh, businesses that employ many people, pay tax, um, and all add to the reputation of London as, as, a, as a gastronomic centre. So there is a lot of enthusiasm for something similar, a distinction. Not everyone. I mean, some, some people are telling me it seems unfair to discriminate between well-run restaurants and well-run bars, of which there are many. And of course, everyone has to be seated when ordering now anyway. So maybe they are, you know, maybe they are just as safe pubs and bars. But I think there's just a feeling that restaurants have invested vast amounts of money into making their premises COVID secure. People are sitting down. They're not, you know, generally, I think an environment where you're sitting down with a meal and talking to friends is likely uh, to be more controllable than, than a group of, you know, a group of people um, just drinking. Uh, that feels sort of intuitively right. But a lot of bar operators are saying, no, we, we're just as responsible as any restaurant restaurateurs. 
Jonathan Prynne there. And you can read more of his reporting on Paris at standard.co.uk. But of course, all of this will be for nothing if no one goes into the centre of London. Public transport is essential to that, and it's in trouble. A report by TfL's finance boss says the outlook for the year is uncertain, partly because of the 10pm curfew. The mayor's asking the government for more than £3.5 billion to keep services running until the end of the 2022 financial year. Businesses want an even longer term deal. With me is Ros Morgan from the Heart of London Business Alliance. Ros, how important is public transport to this city? You know, we knew how important the transport infrastructure was before, but I think that the crisis really has brought absolute focus and attention on the critical role that it plays. You know, in the West End, we employ half a million people and 95% of them travel in using public transport. We've got 200 million visitors traveling in each and every year. They too use public transport. So without the public transport, the question lies, how, how do these huge numbers of individuals access the West End? So, you know, in short, it's it's critical. And does that kind of constant concern over the TfL budget, the 12-month solutions or a 24-month solution, does that add to uncertainty for businesses who want a bit of stability? They, know, they want to know what's going on and how they can get staff and customers to their premises. It does. And, you know, some argue exactly that point and has the crisis just offered maybe some kind of excuse. But ultimately, the business community isn't concerned with that or the politics around it. And instead, what they want to see is the correct investment not because politi- politically the right thing it's the right thing to do, but economically it's the right thing to do. You know, public transport plays a big part of everybody's life, and I just don't think that we should be should be playing politics with it. So you're calling for a five year settlement now, Ros, and that's quite a commitment in some turbulent times. Why does it need to be that long? So I think um, what we'd like to see, you know, it's very challenging times, but what we do need is levels of certainty and some of this key infrastructure, um, you know, it's essential to the success of a business. If we could have the certainty that at least the travel infrastructure that people will be able to get in, get out of um, the West End, of central London, that will give businesses the certainty that they need to plan around it. You know, we've got businesses, obviously, who have now put and invested huge sums of money in making their uh, offices or their outlets COVID safe. And all of that amounts to absolutely zero if people can't actually get into the centre to use those facilities. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.